family. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. As a valued listener, we consider you an extension of our Faith on the Journey community, which is why we are always looking for ways to help you move forward on your healing journey. Today, I want to let you know about a free grief resource guide. If you are struggling with grief due to a painful loss, this is a free resource that you can download to help you to connect with support groups, grief counselors, and other resources to help you navigate this difficult time in your life. Visit faithonthejourney.org slash grief to download your free copy of the guide today or check out the show notes for more information. Hey family, it's your sister Jocelyn here. Welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We are so glad that you are here and want you to know that we are a community that is committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and know that you're not alone on your healing journey. And we do this in a number of ways by offering you a team of Christian counselors who can help you through those difficult times in life. We also offer support groups and trauma healing groups throughout the year. You can learn about these resources and so much more by visiting our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. Now, today, I wanted to do a special episode in honor of Miscarriage Awareness Month uh, to, to really talk about the grief that one might experience when losing a child during pregnancy loss. And so I have a special guest on the show, Crystal Wheeler, who is a ministry leader, speaker, and writer from Kansas City, Missouri. She is a mother to five, three here on earth, and two in heaven. She is the founder and director for Lullaby of Hope, a nonprofit ministry that sends gift boxes to women who've experienced pregnancy loss. We are so excited to have her here. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Yes. Thank you for accepting the invitation. And you have such a powerful testimony and I'm looking forward to our listeners and viewers hearing it. And I think that's where I would like for us to start for you to share your testimony. Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually been 10 years. This has been uh, my 10 year anniversary um, through journey miscarriage and stillbirth actually. So um, in April of 2012, Um, We had a three-year-old daughter at the time and we were growing our family and I um, went to a doctor's appointment at 15 weeks and um, found out that our baby had stopped growing. And so um, I was alone and I felt pretty devastated, really um, sad and also very confused. Um, I didn't really have anybody at the time that I knew of. Um, that had gone through miscarriage. And I was also a newer Christian at the time. And so it was my first obstacle, um, my first challenge as a believer in Christ. And so um, I tried to wipe my tears and go down the elevator. And I felt like I looked okay. And uh, But as soon as I walked in the door of my home, my husband met my eyes and he just knew something wasn't right. And so um, since that was in the springtime, the summer, no matter how sunny and bright and how perfect the weather may have been, I felt really sad, Um, a deep, deep sadness and also felt tears um, 
about to fall at any point, whether it be just at the grocery store or um, in a more intimate conversation, I was pretty frail. And um, we decided to um, try to grow our family still. And, um, you know, still did all the things at church, served with the youth, showed up on Sunday mornings, um, parent our toddler, um, all that good stuff. And um, we got pregnant that fall. Um, so I'm in Kansas City, so the trees are definitely changing around here. So every time I see the season change, I'm always reminded um, of this time of my life. Um, but I was cautiously excited, um, knowing now that um, a loss could occur. Um, I did my best to um, have a lot of faith, right? And just try to walk through this, knowing it was a new experience, a new pregnancy, a new baby, um, great potential, right? And so, um, but we found out at our 20-week sonogram that they found fluid on our daughter's lung and um, wasn't supposed to be there. It was also supposed to be a celebration night, right? We were gonna go out to dinner. Um, we were gonna find out what gender we were going to have, um, if our daughter was going to be welcoming a sister or a brother. And um, instead we went home. And I remember sitting at our kitchen table and I watched my husband and our daughter dance in the living room. And I was so annoyed so bothered by their joy. I couldn't believe that they could um, depart from this sorrow, the sorrowful news that we had received. And they were just dancing and having a good time. And I was quite literally stabbing my burrito bowl and watching them um, with so much angst and disappointment. And um, it was as if the music had stopped. And I heard the lyrics to a Lecrae song that said, engineered in my mother's womb for God's glory. And in that moment, I was filled with so much peace, so much understanding, um, so much strength, and just knowing that whatever God had in store for our family, that he was gonna be right there beside me, that he hadn't forgotten me, that I wasn't alone, um, and that, I could do this, like whatever it was, whatever this higher calling was, that I would be prepared for it. So that's a bit of my lost story. Wow. Thank you for sharing. And I I really love your transparency about that moment when you came home and you got the bad news and you saw your husband and daughter dancing. And and sometimes you want people to mourn with you and to kind of stew with you. And and so I'm glad. God moved in your heart in that moment. Me too. It was such a pivotal moment for me, you know, and you're right. I did want them to be angry and be sad with me and just to be in my pit with me. And they weren't, you know, and it was a remarkable moment. Um, definitely a, a pivotal point for me in my journey. So how did things change for you from that moment? What happened after that for you? I think I got really serious in my faith. I um, quit watching TV, which I didn't, I'm not a big TV watcher anyway, but I really stopped watching TV. Um, I really prayed a lot. I journaled a lot. Um, I only read the scriptures. I didn't want to read anything else. Um, we continued that rhythm of like going to church, um, stepping back from serving, of course, mm -hmm. um, and just allowing our church community and our faith family to surround us and to support us. 
um, to bring us meals, to help me get some staple grocery items, to whisk my daughter away for a play date. Um, you know, I just, I felt that whatever God was going to do was going to be big. That's just what I felt in my heart and my spirit. And I did not want to leave this season of my life with any regrets. And so when I made that shift in my faith, um, I didn't do it because I thought it would change God's mind or it would change my circumstance. I did it because I knew that if I was rooted in, in my faith, then that is what was going to help me through that journey. Mm, very true. And I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned how your faith community really stepped up and wrapped their arms around you. And I, I wanted to know how open were you about your loss with other people? Yeah, um, I was very open. Um, I started a blog at the time because um, Facebook was really the only social media platform a decade ago, um, at least that what I was a part of. And I didn't want to hop on and share something about my story that um, was going to alarm someone who was just, you know, wanting to go see their friend's you know, new family photos or something along those lines. So I really felt the Lord calling me to start a blog and to write and to share um, about my appointments, to share about how I was feeling, um, to share about my hopes through this pregnancy, um, and just to be really transparent um, and to be vulnerable. And so that really set me up for a successful um, support system. That's great. And that's bold. <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm serious because I often think that sometimes when we experience certain losses that are so personal to us, we don't, we're not open about it. And I, and I do think yeah. that someone might be listening and, and they haven't shared and that's okay. It's your journey. Right. It's your story to share. But you, on the other hand, chose a different route that I feel like was very courageous. And in that the gift was you were able to mourn in community around the loss that you experienced and also put it out there for someone who might have gone through the same type of loss that, hey, you're not alone as you, you journey through this grief. Yeah, you are good at your job. I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think through that process, right? I was just doing what I thought was the next right thing. And so by doing that, I benefited from having a support system. Um, and it wasn't, you know, a way for me to get attention. It wasn't an, oh, so sad. You know, that's such a sad story. Um, it was very genuine. It was very honest. And I was very open. Um, and there were so many times that I showed up to church and it was like, you know, the church lady looking at me like, what is she doing here? <laughs> you know, like, shouldn't you, you know, I don't know, be in your sackcloth at home or something. So thank you for, for, for recognizing that. Yes. Yes. And I think that because of the fact that you were so open, I'm only assuming that other people came and spoke to you about their personal experiences as well. Did you yeah. find that that was pretty common for people to, to come to you? Yes, um, I did give me an opportunity to share in other people's stories as well. Um, still, you know, my situation was a little bit more unique with a stillbirth. Um, it wasn't anything that um, I mean, miscarriage was was and is unfortunately very common. And so, um, yeah, people I, I say it as they came out of the woodworks, you know, people that had been in my life for many years that I never knew experienced that. Um, and so it did give me a bit of a sisterhood. 
Wow. And I, I would love for you to share what are some of the common struggles that you learned that women might have when experiencing a miscarriage? Yeah. So um, I know we'll get to the ministry part of all this, but that's something that we've really built Lullaby of Hope around is these four pillars of hope of that you're not alone. Um, loneliness is such um, a huge thing when you're going through um, loss. You feel like it's happening to you. It's happening to your body. It's happening to your baby, your family, um, and isolation can come so easily. Um, we also focus on that you are loved. Um, so often we can... Um, be upset with ourselves and turn on ourselves. Um, and the self-hatred can really um, breed. And so we want them to know that they're loved. Uh, we also want these women to know that they're wonderfully made. You know, these this is not what the Lord's plan was for us um, when we were here on earth. But since we are in a fallen world, we are going to experience grief. We are going to journey loss um, and heartache and really hard things. Um, but we wanted them to know that what God says in Psalm 139 is true, that you are wonderfully made um, and your baby is also wonderfully made. And so um, those are the things that we really try to focus on um, through our ministry. And so that's, those are things that I see a lot with women who are journeying loss. Um, and so those are um, things that I have witnessed through through my ministry work. That's that's so important. And I appreciate you being able to identify those pillars to help people to navigate this difficult time. And I also think it's important to recognize that the loss doesn't doesn't just affect the woman in the relationship. It can have a major impact on the whole family. What have you noticed around that? Yeah, um, for myself personally, I mean, my husband and I could not be more different. <laughs> we journeyed our loss completely different. Um, and still do. <laughs> We're just different people. Um, and so I think that uh, women want to be really connected and they want to verbalize pain. They want to process um, whatever they're going through. Um, and having a partner that is an active listener, someone that is willing to um, get in that boat with them and to um, help them walk through that process can be really important. Um, but I also know that men appreciate and prefer shoulder to shoulder, right? So they would rather go golfing or fishing or shoot some hoops um, instead of having a long conversation over some coffee or tea. And so just respecting each individual's needs um, and not thinking that your decision is better than theirs, um, because um, we all can learn what works best for us, right? We're all not runners. We all don't just hit the weights. You know, there's various forms of exercise and there's different ways to exercise our grief as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> no judgment zone when it comes to our grief journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was um, a dear friend of mine that I thought she was grieving wrong. You know, I was like, I cannot believe how often she goes to the grave. I can't believe how often um, she's talking about it and how often she does X, Y, Z. Um, and I learned so much from that friend. I learned what it looks like to grieve beautifully and grieve intentionally for yourself. Um, and thank goodness, you know, she didn't judge me for the way that I chose to grieve. Maybe I didn't show more that she thought I should have, you know? And so it's so important to respect each other um, in the process. 
It is. It is. And also our words, be mindful of our words towards each other. I would love for you to share a little bit more about that because grief can be a very uncomfortable topic. And sometimes people don't know what to say, what to do to support someone. So if someone is listening right now and they have a loved one who's experienced a miscarriage, what are some things from your personal experience that person can do to offer support to their loved one? Definitely. I mean, I think when that person's on your mind um, and you're praying for them and the spirit's moving in you, like you need to go reach out to that person. And, you know, each individual relationship is different. So it's like maybe that's your walking buddy and like you need to go for a walk with her. Maybe, you know, she loves a pumpkin chai in the fall. And so you're going to drop that off on the porch or, you know, um, hey, I'm at Target. What can I pick up for you? Being more forward with that. But I'm going to tell you what a genuine, I'm sorry, goes a really long way. You don't have to understand pregnancy loss. You don't have to be a veteran of pregnancy loss in order to extend sympathy. You know, what um, Paul talks about in second Corinthians about the compassion that we receive from Christ and how we're able to extend that to others. How many times have you felt alone? Have you felt isolated? Um, can you not extend that same compassion that Christ gave to you to another? Um, and so I think that that stigma of pregnancy loss can feel really big, a big hurdle, really damaging. Um, but we can simplify it and really step into um, and support our sisters. We really can. Yes, we can. That's very helpful. And I also love to edify how important the ministry of presence is for someone because you don't have to have all the right words to say, but just sitting on your sister's couch and say, I'm here. You know, yeah. I can I can sit in silence with you. I can we can have some wine together, tea, whatever. Just mm -hmm. be there. All you know? the things. Yeah, my daughter actually has this really cute um, book that it talks about like this little kid built a tower with blocks and the blocks got knocked over and um, this big bear comes and was like, aren't you so mad? Don't you just want to throw something? And then there was animal after animal like um, a fox that was like, let's go, let's go knock someone else's blocks over and that'll make us feel better. And um, but lastly, it was a it was a bunny that came in and sat really close to that little toddler and just so quiet that he didn't even notice that he was there. And then he realized that he was, and he could hear his heart beating and his breath and just the comfort of that presence of just having somebody near and listen and listen whenever that person was ready to open up and to share. And I love that book. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> and it's true. It is very true. And I think that if we learn to show up, be there, check in, like you said, drop off the latte, whatever, just reminding that person that they are loved, someone's thinking about them, they're praying yeah. for them, that can go a very long way. Right. And you're not fixing it, right? Like you're not meant to fix. God's going to use you in whatever capacity, but you're not there to put the bandage on and, and to fix the issue or the problem. You're just there to be used in whatever capacity that God wants to use you in. You almost made me shout when you said that. Yes, grief does not <laughs> need to be fixed. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. No, it's a cycle. You got to go through it, right? You got to go through it. The only way out is through. And when we mm -hmm. go through this grief journey, knowing that there's a community there, knowing that God is there to comfort us, then it leads to some beauty in a sense. And this kind of takes me to 
my next question around your ministry, the beauty that came from your ministry, the development of that. I want to hear the origin story. What happened that led you into starting your nonprofit organization? Yeah. You know, I was still pregnant with my daughter and I knew she wasn't doing well. I knew that her condition was worsening and I had a lot of conversations with the Lord. We talked a lot about what the purpose was. I honestly talked to someone whose daughter had a very similar diagnosis and lived. Um, and I remember going to them and asking like, why do you think God, you know, allowed this? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it was just, it was a really difficult thing. And I wasn't okay with that. I was like, God is his majesty. Like there's something, something to be had to behold here. Right. And so, um, I remember when he whispered to me that I could minister to women who were journeying lost like I was, that they needed someone to point them to hope. And I didn't want to do it because I thought stepping into grief, pregnancy loss, loss after pregnancy loss would would be too difficult. That would be too challenging because I had my own grief that I was dealing with, right? And so um but as we were planning our daughter's funeral, um, I ended up carrying her for four more weeks after um, her diagnosis, her original diagnosis. And uh, we sat down with our pastor and we were going over funeral arrangements, which that's a whole other thing because we chose to bury our daughter. And I know a lot of people don't get that choice, um, depending on the gestational age and grace to you, you know, whatever you chose, which perfect and blessed for your family. Um, but this is what we chose um, for our daughter. And um, I remember sitting with our pastor and I told him, I was like, so I feel like God wants me to start this ministry. And he's like, well, then you need to do it. <laughs> and I was like, no, why did I tell someone they're going to keep me accountable? And so, um, so that's what we did is that I looked around me, what was helpful to me, what was meaningful to me, um, what is something that I needed during my loss, um, and then the care thereafter, right? So I was um, six months along when my stillbirth occurred, and so my milk came in, and so um, my massage therapist at the time provided me with some tea, was like, drink this tea, drink water, help balance your system. Um, you'll feel better in a few days. And by golly, on day three, I felt so much better. Um, so there's a lot of repercussions that pregnancy loss does on your body, on your spiritual health, um, and all those areas. And so um, at the very beginning, um, Lullaby of Hope has always been Lullaby of Hope. Um, but at um, our daughter's open house, so instead of, um, we had like a, a intimate graveside service. And then afterwards we had basically a worship night at my sister's house, um, December 13th of 2012. Uh, we had friends um, whose talent and gifting is music. And they had always planned to just like sing over us. And um, then in the midst of that, our daughter Gracia had passed. And I was like, can we still do that whole worship night, but invite everybody? And so at that night I had shared that guys, I'm going to start this ministry. And so anything you want to donate to me will be used um, to start. And I was, I got about $400 that evening. And that's what I used to purchase um, a book um, 
a God-breathed devotion. Um, I purchased tea. I purchased mugs for that tea. I had a friend who um, made pearl bracelets for me. And so um, I just gathered these things and I wanted them to be beautiful. I wanted it to be meaningful. And I didn't want it, um, no offense to Mary Kay, but I didn't want any donated things in there. You know, I wanted it to be Loss is so challenging and so hard as is. I wanted it to be something really beautiful. And so um, my daughter passed on December 6th and I gave my very first gift in January of the next year. So a month later, and we started with dollar store gift baskets. We're not where we were, where we are now. <laughs> we started with something small. God called me to something. I said, yes. And that small offering has turned into a really sustainable ministry today. Love it. The power of yes, even with those small seeds, you didn't know it was going to become what it is today. And, and tell, tell us more about now, what does this ministry look like? What are you doing? How are you supporting women? Yeah, definitely. So we still focus on the gift. Um, and so we provide this wonderfully made gift box for women journeying loss in the womb. So it's any type of loss. If it's a molar ectopic, a miscarriage, a stillbirth, if it happens in the womb, then we want to support you through this. And so we've included um, the devotion Love Baby from Sarah Philpot. Um, and um, so we have that in there. We also have an ornament that's engraved um, and it just helps start a new tradition. So if they want to have that be the first ornament that they put on their Christmas tree, if they want to use it, um, you know, on their rearview mirror to hang, however they want to utilize it, they sure can. Um, we've partnered with a tea company out of Arkansas called Savoy, and they custom made um, a blend for us that's helpful for hormone balancing. And so we provide a sample of that in the gift box. Um, we've also worked with a local candle maker um, to create a um, unique scent um, where the woman can participate in the worldwide candle lighting ceremony, or she can just light her candle, sip on her tea and go through her devotion, however she wants to use it. Um, we also um, custom made some um, scripture and adoration cards. This is a um, compilation of scriptures that myself and my team felt was meaningful through our loss. And so we wanted to extend that um, to others as well. Um, and then we also have a bracelet in there that just represents the sisterhood, the community that you're now a part of. Um, there's a lot of meaning. There's three beads on there. So if we can think about the Trinity, you can think about you, your husband, the baby, you can think however you want to. Um, but we know with grief and with loss, sometimes a tangible item is really important. And so um, we have our website and you can request a gift. And we have a team of women everyone has gone through a loss. And so then they write a card to them that's praise for them. We read her story. Um, we take that time um, to pour into the gift. Um, and then we ship those out and we do that locally and globally, worldwide, shipping these gifts out. Um, and then finally, we have a Facebook community where they can land. If you have been a gift recipient, then you can come to this page and we can help you navigate your grief um, and help you with additional resources and tools there. So that's what we do. That's wonderful. That is great. I'm loving the community, the Facebook group, the follow up, the prayers, just people knowing that, again, they are not alone and other people are going to lift them up during that difficult time. Absolutely. And and I would love for you to 
talk a little bit about those difficult moments after loss. When someone first experiences a miscarriage, they might have a community that rallies around them. But the journey of grief can continue for years. It could be yeah. one in which an anniversary of when they were supposed to be born or something triggers a memory that's very difficult for them. What could be helpful for someone experiencing that uh, in those moments? Definitely. I think coming from just the starting point of knowing that grief is a cycle, it's not A, B, C, D, E. You don't go through A to get to B. You could start off at D and go to A and bounce back around. It, it doesn't matter. Um, there are, um, I think six, you would probably know better, six cycles of grief. And um, my biggest suggestion is to lean into whatever you're feeling. So Again, not shaking off the anger, not shaking off the bargaining or whatever you're dealing with is to actually really lean into it through your prayer life, through journaling, through community and really sharing um, about what you're going through. Um, and so much grace, like lather that grace on for yourself, because you might think I'm going to be really great today. Like I started off really well. I you know, had a great morning. Nothing's going to get me down and grief slaps you in the face. That can happen. Um, you know, and sometimes you don't even know what those triggers are. Sometimes it's a scent. Sometimes it's a place. Sometimes it's a conversation. Um, and just allowing yourself the grace to step into that and to lean into it um, and not be disappointed. Like if you were able to tie up your grief with a bow, then there'd be no need for a savior. And we all know we need Jesus in our life. And so if we can go ahead and just allow ourselves to be broken, allow us to be weak, then we can really see the strength of the Lord. That's it. That's key. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said accepting that grace, be kind to yourself. I think one of the things we often do is I should be at this place. I shouldn't be crying and, you know, just beating up on ourselves about a process that is very natural. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate that advice. And I also wanted to ask you a follow up question to some of the things that you offer in your ministry, which is it sounds like you use symbols a lot to mm -hmm. remember those who have have been lost. And so how important are symbols of remembrance to someone's healing? Yeah, um, I think it's pretty vital. Um, and you, you can't really name it until you've experienced it to know what you might need. Um, but we already talked about tangible reminders, like with that bracelet, sometimes just, you know, having that on your wrist as you go out through the day and just feeling the weight of it um, can just ground you really and just remind you that, you know, your heart's still beating, you're still here, you're still um, going through something really difficult. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we try to hit on the different senses um, in our gift box, you know, things that you can read, things you can touch, things you can taste. Uh, we also have a Spotify playlist um, and we have it set up as seasons, but it's not necessarily, oh, it's fall. It's time to listen to the fall playlist. It's more that okay, I'm starting to step into some sorrow. Things are starting to ache a little, like that feeling of, okay, I'm going to hibernate. I'm going to isolate. Um, the fall playlist would be great. But if you're feeling renewal and you're feeling hopeful um, and you're seeing um, God illuminate your story, spring might be great because it's blossoming and there's, there's new life around you. And so um, we also have that. So that's something that you can listen to something as easy as hitting play, right. And you're not having to, um, 
try to process a scripture. So I do think the the symbols and um, finding what works best for you in that moment um, is important. Your unique needs. Exactly. And I, I would love for you to speak to a woman right now who this is recent for them. It's raw for them. And they're really in a dark place. What words of encouragement could you offer them? Oh my goodness. So good. (sighs) Sister, I see you. You are so loved and your baby is so loved and God sees your pain and he sees what you're walking through. And I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for those daily reminders. I'm so sorry for um, your future that has shifted And I want you to know that you're not alone and that you're okay and you have permission to grieve. You have permission to not show up um, to work. You have permission to stop serving at church. You have permission to stay in your bed and nap and permission to go talk to your doctor. um, Even if you feel like you might need some medication, that things still aren't feeling quite right. Um, I want you to know that God didn't make a mistake and you are not a mistake and your baby is not a mistake. And whatever procedures you feel like you need to do um, to help the process along, I want you to know that you have the freedom and the right to do that um, and that we're here for you. Lullaby of Hope is here for you. I love it. I love that so much. And I just want the world to support your ministry. So (laughs) tell us how, yes, (laughs) tell us how we can support you. Yeah, definitely. So um, we are a nonprofit. And so donations are what keeps us going. And we offer benevolence gifts. So those help women who are going through financial hardships on top of pregnancy loss. Um, We have monthly donor opportunities that help cover the cost of those gifts. Um, Also, one-time donations are helpful to help subsidize our gift costs so we can keep them low. Uh, We are cheaper than a bouquet of flowers that you can send to someone in sympathy. Um, And how much more useful and helpful um, can our gift be. And don't get me wrong, I love flowers. Please send me all the flowers. Um, We have a Giving Tuesday campaign coming up on Tuesday, November 29th. And we have a matching donor, which means that anything that you give that day will actually be doubled. Um, And so you can extend Um, your dollar and you can help extend our reach. Something that one of my board members said today I thought was so meaningful is that when you say yes to us, then that helps us to say yes to another um, woman that's in need. And so we really hope that you will help partner with us um, by donating and even just sharing about who we are, because a lot of times you might not need us in the moment, but then when you, um, in community find out that someone's enduring pregnancy loss and you're kind of racking your brain, like, I know there's something out there. Um, then please share. Yes, please share, please support. This is a ministry that's doing great things. And this is something that impacts more people than you realize. And, And I celebrate the work that you're doing and how you're making a difference. And if someone wants to get in touch with you on social media, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. So if you're interested in Lullaby of Hope, then you can find us on Instagram or Facebook through Lullaby of Hope. And um, if you're interested in more of what I have to say, then I'd love to see you on Instagram. Um, And my handle is my name, Crystal Wheeler. Um, I am a aspiring author. I write a lot. I share a lot about what it's like to um, be a female leader, um, to start a ministry, to start a nonprofit, what that looks like. Um, as well as different speaking assignments, wonderful opportunities like this with you. Um, And yeah, I would love to connect. 
thank you. I appreciate your story, your your candidness and your love and compassion towards people and how you were able to turn your your pain into purpose. Thank you for being a guest on today's show. Thank you, Jocelyn. I'm so glad that we got connected. This has been a really beautiful time with you. Yes, it really has, Crystal. And blessings to you and your ministry moving forward. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. Crystal dropped some gems on us today around moving through this journey of having a miscarriage and how there's hope after loss. So be sure to support their ministry, the work that they're doing. And also, if you were blessed by today's episode, I encourage you to share this with someone and leave a five-star review. Let people know that this is a podcast that's committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and as always, discover a sense of community. Also, if you're in need of some healing resources, you can find these on our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. So that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon.